Welcome back to Mr. Cooper's podcast with co-host the caseworker. Hey, what's going on, Coop? Oh, everything is everything, everything. The very intense topic that seems to be going on in our country, and that is the police. This has been going on for some time in the black community, the conflict with the police. This has been going on since the beginning of time. There has been a conflict with the police, with the black community since the beginning of time. The Constitution did not grant black people alienable rights from the beginning. So the police already had an agenda against the police. But as the laws changed and things changed, the black man or the African, the colored person still is not seeming to get his restitution in this country with the police. And what is your take on that, caseworker? Uh, the police situation, man, it's, it's a very delicate situation from where I sit. Uh, I have trust in the police because if I didn't or if we don't, okay, are they perfect? Absolutely not. But just imagine... Uh, if they go to respond in slow, or just imagine that we don't have what we have now, even though it has a twerk. But as you pointed out from the beginning, this has been going on from the beginning of the police department and various other agencies, man, where you're putting people in charge of other people. I'm saying the experiment, I forgot exactly what it was, showed how they took eight people place forearm in jail type settings or unauthoritative type uh, 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 situations and gave the other four people the authority or the seeming, the seemingness of the authority. These people that they would gave the seemingness of, of authority, man, turned into something altogether different. And as you pointed out, this has been going on for a long time. So it's pretty, it's pretty much, Coop, like everything we're seeing now is just Rescripted on the walls of time. And what I find interesting about it is that don't nobody want to look into that situation, man, and give it the 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 the, the due diligence, the uh, uh the resolve, and everything else to go along with positive conversation about an existing problem that's been going on in this country, the land of the free home of the brave. It won't, they won't give it that. They won't give it the attention it deserves. Because as you pointed out, and I can't say this enough, this has been going on for years. Isn't the rep repetition become tired? Man, I'm, hey man, you know, my take on that man is that the citizens and, and, and a great deal to a great extent is not a uh, 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 living up to their part as far as the responsibility of being a citizen. And I think that, you know, the, 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 uh, those of them that say they got the, the knowledge and the wisdom on how to do this thing and how I can make it right don't want to do it or for some reason or other can't do it. I'm saying as a country, man, united. That, that says a lot, I'm saying, but where is the unitement at? When we turn on each other, when the, the, the police become the criminal, 
and the criminal becomes the police. I'm saying, man, hey, you don't know which side of the fence to play on, but I'm just saying, Coop, we all dropping the ball. We got the, the wording and the idea of, 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 of citizen and criminal and all that stuff, man, all twisted from every angle. The, the police are people that have problems. This is evident in the, the this is evident in, in the way certain incidents and things of that nature is, 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 is happening. These people got to be going through a whole lot just to be under one uh, title and then turn around and be acting like the title of what you say you against. Then the Constitution, cool. You know, the Constitution needs some work. Yeah. The Constitution needs some work, man. I'm talking about the interpretation that is being given according to the Constitution and the, what that, the Declaration of Independence. Hey, man. Who is doing the, the interpretating? It needs to be revisited, man. It needs to be revised. Because we are not in the same America time-wise as it was in the 16, 17, 1800s. Yeah, you're right. You're right. My take has been on it has been that there's a way to deal with the police when they pull you over. Um I think that regardless of if you got a good cop or a bad cop pulling you over, you don't know that from jump. But the ma- the mind state that I have, whenever the police has ever pulled me over in the past, and the mind state I have until this day is when the police pull me over, I understand that he has a belt with a gun, some handcuffs, and a bunch of other tools and a radio that has unlimited backup, unlimited. They will not stop. Just for instance, just say if I was just a super person, they are not going to stop until I am apprehended. If the police can't do it, they're going to bring the Army, the Navy, the Jets, yeah, what, 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 whatever it takes, they're not going to stop. And I don't have the capacity to deal with that. And I understand that there's a wise saying that says, Pick your battles wisely. So if I can't beat this entity, I probably shouldn't just jump off into a, a war or, or to some type of argumentation with a person that has that much strength. Now, I compare the cop to somebody that's trying to come and rob my car, come trying to come take my car or rob me, and he has a gun. He said, hey, get out the car. I'm getting out the car. Police say get out the car. I'm getting out the car. The, the robbers say, put up your hands. Or the cops say, put up your hands. I'm putting my hands up. They got to jump on me. You know, um, my mindset is to, whenever there's a person that has the ability to take my life like that, then I might want to move with caution. So I think there are some rules when the police do pull you over. First off, when the police pull you over, you know, your your tone of, 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 of communication, how you talk to the police is very important. That's starting conversation. If you've done something wrong, then you need to understand that you know you've you've committed a crime or you've you've um, ran a stoplight. Maybe you don't even know you've done something. But if they pulled you over, communication is the first line of defense or the first line of action that has to be taken. And when the police come over and say, "Hey, roll down your window, tap on your window," I'm rolling down my window because if I don't, he could break it just so easily. So me leaving the window up ain't saving me much at all. 
you know. So, and this, this next thing, you know, hey, I, I want to communicate with him. Give me your license and registration. It is my duty as an American to provide the cop with these things. If he asks for my license and registration, I am expected to give him these things. Do I like the idea of all of that? I'm sure nobody wants to be pulled over and deal with that. But the sooner you cooperate, the sooner things could be over. But on the other hand, there is a rotten cop out there. And that one rotten cop does make the batch look bad, you know. But you have to be able to look through that and understand that um, there has been steps that, you know, I, I, I was reading the other day and they said that if the police get behind you and you feel uncomfortable, call 911 and let them know, hey, I'm being pulled over. This is going on. Can you coach me through this? They will coach you through it. You know, pull over in a well-litted area. That's okay. Now, if the cops get behind you and you accelerate, now you're probably going into some areas. But if the police get behind you and you keep a maintaining steady pace, maybe even cut on your hazards to let them know that, hey, I'm finna, you know, pull over in a, in a decent place where we can handle this business. You know, but they said call 911 if you're not feeling okay about it. Because there has been things and... um. It is clear that the police do not have the same book as regular citizens when it comes to the court system. Um, and, I, and I didn't understand it at first. You know, I had to understand that police are human beings. They go through things as well. But more than anything, they put their life on the line and they are going through this journey being a cop day after day, day after day, and have to deal with all of these things. And then, boom, here come me. You know, they pulled me over. I don't want to give them a hard time. I really have compassion on the police. I understand they're going through a lot. I understand what they're going through on a daily basis. You know, it is not my intentions to cause the police a problem, you know. Um, but I, like I say, I do understand that there is a conflict with the police and, and the African-American community. And these things need to be addressed by a simple communication. I proposed that there is this thing called um in your neighborhood association and the i forget the name of it at this moment but it is called oh i've got it's called neighborhoods night out you know and this is the night where the neighborhoods come all together they throw this barbecue and the police officer of the community shows up you know and that is the time right there to learn your neighborhood officer talk to your officer create a relationship with your officer in your neighborhood therefore you can have some type of of, of, of relationship with the police officer and you can ask these questions you know hey officer how is your day going how's your life going is it hard to be a police officer because i think that's something that we don't understand is that the police officer have life too sometimes they go through marital problems they have problems with children they have problems too so sometimes they are angry you know and last yeah. thing they need is for me to be disruptive and cool uh that's beautiful though for for those of them of us that understand the rules mm -hmm. uh but now what about the citizen that is uh sitting at home not doing anything decide to get up and go to the dairy queen get them an ice cream and their intent is to go home so now in their attempt to go home they run into that officer that's having a super duper bad day he found out that his wife is sleeping with somebody at the uh on 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 the on the force. 
Now he just find this out, and here this individual come by, go on the regular speed. And a lot of us don't think these things happen, but he do. Go on regular speed. Dude, so pissed off, he just want to take it out on something. Remember I said in my last uh, 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 piece of conversation that he going through something. And I'm saying what he going through is paralyzing his way of thinking. How, how, how is that person that's in that car going to protect himself and then he might be going through a little something. If these two forces come together, both aggravated, how how do they cut, how do you cut through the chase to prevent this thing from happening? I hold the police to a higher standard than I do the regular citizen. I do too. I do with and, much. And, and in having that higher standard, there are certain things that he, as the officer, is just supposed to do out of protect and serve, out of community service, all of those things that, that's in that particular grand scheme. Because when you got two individuals, one suffering from bipolar, the other one suffering from uh, uh, domestic problems, and these two forces come together and the one force just remind this officer or this officer you dig don't like the way this individual look, whether it be the color of his skin, you dig, whether it be religious articles that's in the car, whatever. How is that to be? Because if that is not dealt with, like I say, given the proper uh, attention, if, if, if that's not dealt with, I'm talking about down to the the very molecule in which it's created out of it. If that whole plant is not destroyed, that plant will reroot itself. The garbage that's left on the ground will reroot itself and become another weed. How are these people that we hold to a higher standard supposed to be scrutinized or examined from that angle when okay how do you get the police the police the police and that's what a lot of people be asking how do you get the police to police the police right. um, I, th I think the first step was when they introduced the internal affairs you know um and to me i still think that is the police um investigating the police that's but these are exactly. these, these supposed to be outside agencies that come in and 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 is supposed to be investigating these situations, you know. But I think that the issue at hand starts with the with the with with the problem. If the police has a problem and the person he pulled over have a problem, the first thing that my mind says, regardless of what I'm going through in life, although this cop has a great responsibility and great power, comes comes great responsibility, you know. Although that my, I'm always sizing something up, you know, um, whenever there's a threat, I'm, I'm, I'm sizing it up. Can I take, do I feel like I can take this, you know, defeat this person if, if a fight broke out? Can I take this person? If not, then I need to, I, I need to have an alternate plan in place. So the police pulled me over and I'm having a bad day. My mind has still not left that, you know, this is an elephant pulling over, you know, 
an ordinary person, just a little, just a little animal, or maybe a deer or something. You know, it just ain't equal there. You know that that that, that power is just so strong. Exactly, exactly, Coop. And then we we go into the fact that mental illness does exist. It is not a it is not a a a a, 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 fa a fantasy, a myth, or it's not osmosis. Mental illness exists. And the way society has been feeding our minds, uh, manipulating our ideas and thoughts and all the rest of that stuff, you got an individual with, like you pointed out, Vietnam warfare power, World War One warfare power. Yeah. Um, the local uh, police officer all the way up to uh, what's that? Uh, 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 the guy that's over. Uh, uh, he headed the whole force and sitting in the White House. Uh, well, anyway, the commander in chief. Kind of Jew. This guy that just got out of this police car. Okay. He got that kind of juice. The guy or the young lady or the woman, whoever is in that car has a mental problem. It don't come with no outward show. It don't come with no out factor. It plays out in behavior. Now, the highest standard that, see, the police would almost have to be on-the-spot psychologists mm -hmm. to be able to recognize that, hey, this individual is angry do i deal with the traffic situation or do i deal with the anger and i think and when you say protecting sir i think that these individuals have to be super trained in human behavior yeah because the mental like i say mental illness is real it's real it, it exists and we can't allow these individuals who has all this power to walk around and not have a clear insight and within 30 seconds of a mental illness that he's confronting. They, okay, they're underpaid, overworked, and they're not getting the tools mentally that they need to have in order to deal with any community. But we just so happy, not talking about the African-American community. African-American community, man, is a pleasant community, but it's always mad. You see it playing out in the behavior amongst ourselves. So this individual that we have placed above ourselves, the police, uh, the military, NASA, all these people with all this authority, it starts with the police. So now if you're going to illy equip educationally these individuals, they shouldn't have those particular spots, man. Because the only thing that separates them from the guy that's in the community that's angry, the only thing that separates them is opportunity. See, the, the cop that's functioning off of some mental illness stuff, 
undiagnosed, runs into an individual who takes medication for whatever type of illness. This officer must become a psychologist upon approaching that car. It boils down to, to, to me, Coop, we want a lot from the police, but at the same time, we allowing them to live differently. And you going into the garbage every day. Yeah, they put their life on the line. But looking at it from their point of view, where is all this night and shiny armor reward? Do they still got to pay co-pays with their insurance? They still are confronted with everyday life. Son got kicked out of school. I'm saying there's a whole lot of different angles, man. And I can see it from their point. And then, but you just don't know this person right here just lost a, a child in a tragedy. And if you can't see that immediately that this individual is sick or suffering in these communities, whether it be, like I say, African-American community, a uh, 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 Native American community, Caucasian community, because it happens there too. It happens there too. So as that's what I said in the beginning. The, the police, as well as the citizen, has a great responsibility in this thing. And, and to go to show you that it, this thing has been neglected for a hundred plus years, this relation thing we're talking about. Because that's what it is. You enter into a casual relation when the police stop you, it's a relation that's going to take place here. The, the, the officer been on the streets for the last five hours and he's carrying something so heavy nobody in the department recognized nobody in the department see that hey Bob is not you know operating you know something going on with him we need to talk to him and check on him because the, the spot that he got could very well take his mental illness momentary illness and turn it into a real dark day for him or her. So it's a great responsibility, man. And the citizenry, as how many of us know, the ordinances and uh, the rules as it relates to <clears throat> communication. In the African American community, when we hollering, we talking. But that is read by somebody else that's not a part of the African American community as hostile. Mm -hmm. The rules, I'm saying, here you got a dropout rate that's astronomical. This dropout rate represents people. If these people have discovered or it is seen by the citizens that this individual or individuals has uh, uh, some inadequacy issues. He quit school. That should put a red light right there. 
if he quits school, what does that pattern right there suggest to us? Jail. He's not going to do anything. He's not going to complete anything given the same pattern for 25 years. In his mind, everything all right with him. The police pull up in the community. Officer Wilson. Officer Wilson recognizes that, you know, dude from the community and he says something to him. He sit in the car and say, come over here, man. First of all, why you ain't get your ass out the car? It's what he just thought the thought gonna be. Everybody don't know how to keep the cheat up off themselves. Everybody can't communicate efficiently and effectively. First of all, he, he jumped out of school, so how can you expect that at this point? Because he's familiar with Officer Wilson, he don't respond like a regular citizen. Respect the authority. He don't respond to that. In his mind, F all that because, hey, after all, he didn't say that to himself already. It's heavy, Coop. I'm saying, man, this like not only this uh, situation as it relates to the police and the citizenry, but other things that's been going on in this country, this these great United States, over and over and over again, these things keep occurring. Doesn't the repetition become tiresome? They were, they, we were, the, the citizenry back in the 60s was having the same issue. That wasn't too long ago, Coop. Mm -hmm. That wasn't too long ago. So when you look at that episode and you move up to this episode, what has changed? See, we, are, we, we, we people, African Americans or whomever, equate time with change when change is not really happening. It's a cool down period. Because we don't never look at the issue more times in America we want to argue. Angry. Um, automatic anger comes with being an African American. To myself, I searched through my own emotions when I was trying to wrestle with my own problems and issues, I come to the realization that I had 400 plus years of anger in my DNA that already had me angry. I think um, a group of rappers said it best. NWA, Negroes with attitudes. That's not the word they use, but right, right, for right, the sake right. of censorship, Negroes with attitudes, you know, and at the time when they dropped that, you know, I was more like fight the power before that happened, you know. Right. Um, Public Enemy had me thinking, you know, fight the power in a productive kind of way. Right. But then when I, when I heard this NWA album, you know, they're talking about they got these attitudes, and then they were like, wow, who, who, they were talking like, um, 
I got a problem with black people in my community. I got a problem with women. I got a problem with everybody. Pretty much is what they were saying in these albums, you know, and they were saying that I want to be superior. I want to be, I want to pimp. I want to do all these things. I want to deal dope. I want to do all that stuff, you know, and listening to this album, I'm like, well, now this cannot be, this can't be right. You know, after listening to Martin Luther King and all of this ain't, this is not right. This ain't, this can't be correct. But TV is glorifying this stuff. MTV is putting these guys out there and the television is putting them out there and it's very, it's very easily accessible to me. And when they came to my town, these, this rap group, you know, and they had the song called F the Police. Right. You know, right. you know. And I was like, wow, they, wait, wait, wait a minute. I knew a couple of cops and I'm like, wait a minute, they can't be talking about all the police, right? I understood there were bad cops. You know, I saw the TV. I watched TV. You know, I watched Chips. You know, I like the Chips, you know, Punchy and, 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 and <laughs> those were good guys to me. Yeah. The, the TV painted a good police, but there was also right. some rotten cops, you know? Right, right. right. And NWA saying this after police, after police. I'm like, I don't know, guys. I don't know about that. Because if I say that to the cop, it ain't going to be good. Right, you know, right. It ain't going to go so well. Right. You know, so if they would have came to Muskegon and, and said, hey, we looking for troops. I probably would have signed up for that foolish mess, man, because I didn't have a father and I didn't really have any direction, you know. But as that progressed from the NWA, there's this thing came, the Rodney King beat, you mm. know. And from the beginning, I was like, yeah, them police done. I saw the tape. Yeah, they wrong because I when I saw the beginning and they threw a couple blows on him, I'm like, okay, okay. But then after they kept beating him, I'm like, wait a minute, huh? The man ain't doing nothing. What are y'all doing? What's going on here? You know, and it continued for a long time. And I'm like, oh, no, no, this ain't right. You know, so when they got acquitted, I didn't need to hear nothing in between the beating and acquittal. I had my mind made up. They did him. He it was done wrong. And you ain't nothing you could tell me. You know, as I grew older and I come to understand the law, you know, it was some things in the law that were saying that, you know, police officer under a lot of stress and police officer under this, under that. I mean, I'm like, but not that kind of stress where they just beat a man, you know, just continually, five, six of them just beating him. You know, I, I, I just couldn't, my mind just couldn't grab that. But that told me right then and there that I better be careful because I don't want to end up like that, you know, so. Now, 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 think about that. Here it is, we are in this great, these great United States, but you got the citizenry under various different uh, uh, illusionary thinking. Then uh, turn that, then turn this old adage into a reality for them. Children have uh, 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 imaginary playmates. Adults have imaginary enemies. So here it is. You got the record company. And that's why I say again, it's it's a it's a it's a it's a it's a it's a citizenry issue. We are allowing all across the board, every branch of government, we are allowing our young people to be uh, fed this information. I'm about 14, 15, 16. See, them the danger years. Yeah. And then when you get in your 20s, 20, 21, 2, 3, 4, and 5, some more dangerous years. 
if you're getting fed the wrong information. Mm -hmm. When you allow somebody to get on nation public TV or at a concert where you see 250,000 people to get up and say, F the police. There's something wrong in that, as you're pointing out. But here in America, we, oh, we free. We can say what we want to say. But you can't because they lock your butt up. Mm -hmm. Say what you want to say about any sitting president. Say you're going to do something bad to him in a particular type of way. And if you reading for real, you got potential for that, and it's documented, they're coming to get you. Yeah. Right? Now, it's some of us that's so mad with our community and so mad with everything that's going on in America, and I ain't got a real piece of the pie. Don't understand where the milk and honey is at. Exactly. So, it's hidden right in plain sight. But some type of way, a whole bunch of us in my community was seeing some other stuff. See, I don't need to know nothing about no constitution or no laws or nothing. I don't need to know nothing about branch of government, what their role is. See, I don't need to know none of that. See, what I need to know is how to play it from the curve until I'm 65. Oh, another story there, Coop. You know a little bit about my story. Yeah. I'm saying, so now here it is. You out here in these society, and this thing is changing rapidly. But you still right where you was at in 1956. These things are occurring constantly, constantly for us to be such a great growing society. America is like a whole lot of us. Got a whole lot of potential. But potential without practice does nothing. I want to read the law enforcement oath of honor. It says, on my honor, I will never betray my integrity, my character, or the public trust. I will always have the courage to hold myself and others accountable for our actions. I will always maintain the highest ethical standards and uphold the values of my community and the agency I serve. And that was, I think, something that was, um, I, 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 I would take it like, you know, as a kid, you know, when the police came to my school, it was all good. I thought they were superheroes, and they are to this day. You know, it's a couple of rotten ones out there, but they were superheroes to me. You know, because you know, the relationship they came and talked to me about the stuff I saw on TV. But as I became older and I became involved with a little bit of crime and things I was doing, you know, I saw something else as well. But I wanted to I want to talk about that, that 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 video camera that changed the game. It changed the game in Martin Luther King's day as far as what he was trying to put on TV with the racial inequalities and the Rodney King being changed things. Even though those cops got off today, this year. Derek Chauvin was found guilty. Uh, I think that the whole country had had already, before the trial even started, he was guilty. And 99.9% of our eyes, we saw that. 
The media painted that picture very well. When they said nine minutes and some change, you know, I'm like, wow, the man is cuffed and what are you, what are you doing? What's going, what's happening there? And I think that not only African-Americans, but I think all Americans looked and said, wow, what if that was me? You know, what if I have a bad day and, and, and me and the police have a little tangent and they cuff me and throw me on the ground and they got me and they just do not want, he, this man got his knee on my neck and I'm begging him for my life. That is not a good place. And that video camera showed what it is like from that oath I just told you. That oath is in writing, but everybody don't believe that. I don't know what Derek Chauvin life was. I don't know what he had been through in his life. I don't know what would make him keep his knee on that man's neck, but according to the defense, is that Derek Chauvin did not want his authority challenged by the people around him, not even his fellow officers, when they was pleading with him to let the man go. You know, his authority was being challenged. They wasn't asking. They was telling him, get off that man. Dude, what you doing? And he, I guess he felt like, hey, you don't tell me. I'm the authority in this situation. You know, I'm a, I, I, I don't want to believe that he was that bold to where this, you know, he said, I'm, I'm, I don't have, I'm, I'm going to do this. You know, but what other explanation is there? You know? What's his name again? I don't Derek, know about, remember his name. What's his Derek, name? Derek Chauvin. Derek Chauvin. Derek Chauvin showed America what its constitution looked like, what its Declaration of Independence looked like, what his so-called rights and liberties looked like. And he cold-bloodedly killed a man. Yeah. Killed him. Took his life away from him. He assumed the position in his head and in his heart that I am going to take this individual's life. What that showed America is how many times people are uh, 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 crucified in front of our eyes, we still don't get it. I, 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 just, I just can't fathom, you know, even if I was the dirtiest cop in the world. And believe me, I have had some thoughts and I've done some things in my life, but I also... You know, when the camera was rolling, he knew he was being taped. And he continued that situation. He continued on with that. I just can't grab in my mind why would he, he knew he was doing wrong. Why would he continue with the camera going? What he thought the man was not going to die? Okay. Was, hey, hey, Coop, dig this here. On the same note, like I say, Derek Shoten showed America what we look like. Yeah, he did. He showed America what the, that oath looked like that you just read. He showed America what the democratic process looked like. He told America what all of its rules 
regulations, all at their best attempt to uh, be great. This is what that looked like. Yeah, and he, he said it. That. And he said the, And he said a question, and he said it to all of us, the president and everybody. He said, "What you gonna do about it?" Exactly. <laughs> that way he said, "What you gonna do, huh? Right. What you gonna do? Right. What you gonna right. do?" We can do anything that we want to do under the under the the color of law without actually practicing the law itself. Yeah, and I'm thankful that our country came together with this. Um, I don't think that the people in the right places was looking at color. I think that everybody knew that where were we going to go behind this one if they exactly. if that man if that man would have been acquitted. Everybody knew where he was going because even me in my state and mine, I was like, you know what? I'm going to do something. I'm not going to do nothing. Um, reckless though. I'm a, I'm a Christian first above all this stuff. I still got to deal with my higher power, my father, and I, I want, I, I was going to do something far as I'm going to donate some money to this coalition that's going to try to deal with this. I'm going to uh, uh, volunteer. Somehow I'm going to get involved with this because this is he talking to. They, that whole thing was talking to all of us. Derek Chauvin was talking to me. Um, George Floyd was talking to me. The, 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 all of the people that were involved in that case, they were talking to me and everybody that live in this country. This is what we are to expect when these things happen. This is how we're going to treat the bad guy. This is you how know? we're going to treat our citizens. It doesn't matter uh, what status they under. It doesn't matter their economic uh, advantages or disadvantages. That's what it says. It doesn't matter. But Derek Chauvin showed us, as we are pointing out, showed us that, hey, I don't give a sweet and how y'all feel about whatever. You're not going to do anything because this thing didn't happen like five or ten times. And y'all going to sit back and watch this happen. People, see the citizenry out there represented you did the vote that, you know, African Americans, very many of us don't do. It showed us that we don't have any, any involvement in the officers that selected to walk in our communities. We think that they're different people. They're the same people that's going through the same thing every day. Exactly. Uh, the, he, showed, he showed us, America, that we're sick. As a nation of people, we are sick to the point yeah. where we don't value one another. Yeah, and That's I think Yeah, and I think this case showed that there is hope for us. I think that this case showed that hey, we do have some boundaries. There are some limits because if he wasn't on camera and it's clear that the forces that we don't even know about like I believe in um, a higher power. A lot of people believe in a lot of different things, but it's clear that these forces come together and say, you know what? I want people to be able to see. I want everything out clear because there was no doubt. There's no doubt about what happened. Everything was clear. There were witnesses. There were police officers. There was tape. There, everything was clear for us to be able to grab a decent understanding from the lowest education. Hey, you know? cool. Yeah. You familiar with the Malice Green case? Uh, not right offhand. Malice Green uh, was a resident of Detroit. Uh, 
these two officers, Officer Butts and Officer Nevers, uh, narcotics officers, uh, stopped Malice Green uh, going into a store, but and Malice Green wind up dead as a result of them coming into contact with one another. Rodney King, these forces then came together time and time again to show us, to show this, this superior government, these, these, this great people that we ain't crap. These forces has been coming together time and time and time again. And I go and I don't advocate hate. I don't advocate uh, hurting up other people. None of that. I do advocate educate yourself and your children and your family. Educate, man. Look, if you got a if you, I used to tell guys this when I was back in the behind them fences. One of them say, "Man, they got us out here on this yard crew." With these push lawnmowers, there's about 60 of us in one area. Man, why they don't give us electric, I mean, gas lawnmowers? First of all, as I pointed out, you got to think from the seat they thinking in. You're dangerous. Why give you or trust you? What make you think that I should trust you with some gasoline when you didn't show me you don't care nothing about yourself. Two, think like a businessman. Why give you something that's going to cost me to buy gas, spark plugs, blades to get sharpened when they go dug, when I got 60 able-bodied people that I can give a push lawnmower and they're going to do the same job, if not better. Why not do that? And it's the same thing with this system. It's over and over and over again, man. I'm saying the people, man, we must get more educated, educationally inclined. Yeah. Um, I want to say something. Um, my uncle, he told me, he said, uh, when he was a boy. Now, you would think that he would probably try to turn around and tell me something about my time, or maybe he just didn't know it, about the times that we were living in. But he told me that when he was a boy, his granddaddy trained him how to deal with white people mm -hmm. and how to deal with the police. And he said his grandfather told, taught him things that he did not believe. He said he just did not believe that he should have to say, yes, ma'am, and yes, sir, to the very people that were spitting on him and were treating him bad, you know? Mm -hmm. But he said his grandfather told him, he said, son, I need you to come home tonight. He said, because if you say the wrong thing, he said he gave him an example. He said, Emmett Till. He said, was Emmett Till wrong? He said, no, he don't think he was wrong. He said, I don't believe Emmett Till was wrong. He was just a kid. He said, but look what they did to that little boy. He said, if you think you're going to leave this house and thank you for to be treated fairly out there in society. You got another thing coming. This was like 1950s, you know? Yeah. And he said that the training was so vigorous 
that his father was not playing with him. It wasn't no, oh, son, he said his father was, he had a look on his face and he was serious. Hey, look, this is how you're going to behave when you leave this house going to school and when you walk him back. Because it was a distance that he had to walk to and from school. Right. You know, and his father couldn't be there with. He just couldn't do it. His father had to work. You know, everybody had their thing. And he said, taught him, trained him. Avoid them if you can. Make sure you say, yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Well, my uncle was telling me this. And I was a young boy, maybe 11, 12 years old. I'm like, man, you have to be at your mind. You know, I had heard of the things that went on, but I hadn't experienced it. And I hadn't really been developed all of the things that had really went on. All I knew was that black people was treated bad and we were slaves and we just wasn't done right for whatever reason. And all that changed because of Martin Luther King. I didn't know that this stuff was still going on to a certain degree. I didn't know that it was levels to right. this. And he told me that he said, his, 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 his daddy taught him. He said, hey, you are hired. We are hired through the day and hunted through the night. He said, if you ain't home by that street light, boy, I'm coming. Yeah, I'm coming find you. And it ain't going to be pretty when I see you, when I find you. Right. You know right. what I'm saying? He said his, his, his grandfather was very, very strict with these rules. He said his grandfather was very strict. And it took him to become a grown man to see why his grandfather was like that, you yep. know. And yep. to understand that training that I'm, I'm pretty sure the majority of African-Americans had to train their children because their kids won't come home if they didn't train them how to deal with America because America was not playing with color folks. And, you know? and, and, and America is still not playing. And the tool of today to have a sharp educational mind, I'm talking about knowing uh, 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 fluently laws and regulations, uh, knowing fluently what the Constitution says and be able to interpret that on the spot. I'm talking about, we were talking about law. We were talking about law. And, and, and I'll go a step further and say, Coop, that many of us don't not, not only understand uh, 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 civil law, uh, criminal law, or 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 a civil just you know civil uh statues and things of that nature. Many of us don't know that. So now here it is. You have an educated lion that's got an attitude, and you got a kept lion next door that get fed every day. See, when that lion that's getting that 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 has to work hard for his Whenever he get a chance to get over there, get that other line, he gonna kill him because of his education. He has to hunt for his own. And here it is, you got individuals who don't want to hunt, they just want to sit around. And, and I compare that to uh, law libraries across the country. Anywhere and everywhere that they have a law library. We live in a country of laws. But by us not really caring, we make we we make ourselves victims. See, and what I heard you saying about your, your uncle's grandfather, dude was interested in keeping the cheat up off of his son to the best of his ability. He trained him. He educated him. See, we hear that word train uh, 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 
We think something of uh, slavery. This is how messed up some of us are. He ain't trained me to do nothing. There's nothing wrong with training. Mm -hmm. Trained on a certain job. See, training puts things in your house that you wouldn't ordinarily have. Training and instructions and uh, orders, all of that stuff is necessary. But you first have to have a clear conception of what order is. Yeah, yeah. My uncle did not like white people. And I said, Unc, I'm mixed. What you mean? He right. said, your boy, you black. Ain't nobody thinking about that. I said, look, man, I'm mixed, man. I got family and white, man. I, 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 I can't grab that because my grandmother is Caucasian, man. She's, right. she's, she's, she's like 70, 30. I'm like, they want to love me, man. And I said, my, my relatives on that side, they treat me good. He said, well, guess what? If it come down to it, they're going to turn on you. You know, right. and, and, um, and I was like, God, um, you know, why you feel like that? And uh, he, what he went through. In his youth and when his granddaddy went through all of that pain he had saw. I didn't see this stuff, right? I was born in 1976, so I didn't get a whiff of it. In, I was in the North in 76, so I didn't get a, not even a whiff of it. I mm -hmm. went to school. I was treated well. The police, I was in this town of Muskegon. The police have always treated me well. I've had a few little mishaps, but I was able to wiggle my way out of those things. But um, I didn't grow up around that stuff, so I didn't have that anger that my uncle had. But he did not like white people, man. And that burnt me up inside because I knew what the country was doing and what they had taught me in school in that, you know, my uncle had a valid point, but it was not right. It yeah. was the time for it. Yeah. The time period. See, that's, that, that's again, I'll go, I'll go back to the point and the purpose for education. See, we, we hear stuff like the industrial age. You had the, uh, 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 the electronic age. You had the agricultural age with the, the systems were different. But here, if you don't, you know, get educated to the point and the purpose of those systems being in place and how they worked and why they worked the way they worked. You're walking around with that portion of your mind filled with something else. Oh, the white people don't like me. I I don't have a, a Caucasian a mother or father or anywhere in my line, but I fell in love with one. And I love her to this day. So when I hear people say stuff like what you were saying, and I know some people like that. Do not like Caucasians, man. I'm talking about, hey, for no reason. Just because my mama said don't. We're living in an age now that's electrifying. But when you are lacking in the educational pool, training, knowing how to take instructions, follow orders, when you fall out, out when you fall out, when you have when you fell out with the relationship with those things, or those things were taken from you and replaced with bitterness. See, anything that got a Caucasian attached to it. Some of us are taught in our communities, it ain't right, you don't like it. You've never done it, you never tried it, 
but then instill this thought in you because that was the thought that, that they, they carry in their era. That is the sign of a lack of educational development. You hate school. You taught. Somebody convinces you that to hate school. Somebody convinces you that doctors ain't right. And here you grow up in the 15th century, and I'm growing up in the 18th century, and you giving me all those 15th century thoughts and ideas. Mm -hmm. And I know guys that from the South, man, cannot stand. I'm talking about don't want to be around them, don't want to look at them, don't want to do nothing. And I asked one of my man, Rob, how can you afford to walk around like that? In the 1900s, and the attitude and the belief and stuff that you have is for the 1700s. At some point, you're be, going to become extinct. It's just easy to put you somewhere because you haven't put yourself anywhere. Uh, African-American people, black people, whatever you want to refer to them as. Have a, 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 a no listening skill. If you tell him, some of us, if you tell some of us one thing, we'll automatically do the other thing if you are not uh, uh, another African-American. And if, if you are, um, I base my thing on trust with you now. See, I, I might not listen to you because this is my training. Not to believe nothing nobody tell me unless I know it for a fact. The training that we were supposed to receive, a lot of us, was taken, taken out of context or mixed up with some other stuff and then gave to us. It's okay to mistreat my woman it's okay for me to put her on the street and allow her to devalue herself because i got to keep up with the status quo not only do you hate white people you hate your own self and when i try to explain things to brothers that i know and affiliate with about the, the point not only to expand your mental arising, your emotional arising, but also your physical arising. How is it that you stay, you was born in the projects, you was raised in the projects, and now you're a 50, 60 year old man walking around in the projects. How did you get that way? You were educated in how not to develop in that area. It's just cool. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not satisfied with where some of us are at educationally. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm talking about police officers. They, they are, they are not educated in uh, 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 the, the, in the ways of nurturing uh, uh, a person emotionally or mentally you know, or, or, or spiritually, 
they're they're educated not to do that. So and when you take that out, what do you put in there? The them against me recipe. The them against us recipe. See, when I take what was given to you by God, I take that away from you. I give you an education that makes you uh, surrender that up to me. What do I put there? Because I'm doing some dirty, rotten stuff to you in the beginning, so I got to do some dirty, rotten stuff to you in the end. Yeah, yeah, that's the that's the, that's the feeling, you know. Right, and 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 our communities are are being saturated by that unwholesome ingredient, and it ain't being saturated uh, from uh, uh, by nobody outside of the community. It takes place a lot of times in the community. Because mm-hmm. some of us refuse to get out of the 1700s because that's what my grandmama went through. So here I got a nephew or cousin that's coming up in a whole different area in time. I give them that education. So I rob them of that. And in the African-American community, man, we, we, we're not seeing that. We we sit right next to the betrayer and we say, oh, this is my cousin. I love him. He's doing everything in his power in our community to tear it up, destroy it, and separate it. Why? Oh, because I want I want to sell dope. I want to pimp girls. I want to do all this stuff in my community. Because my community is not feeding me properly. It takes a village. Remember back in the day, Coop, when we was coming up, man, if you got if you was cussing at on the corner coming from school, Miss Jones heard you cussing, she was coming out of the uh, grocery store. She lived on your block at the other end. And she heard you cussing on the on the corner, the furthest away from her house. When y'all, your schoolmates and you decide to walk down the street, it seemed like every other, if not every house, somebody hollered out their dough from sitting on their porch, standing in their yard. Boy, you got a nasty, everybody reminds you that you had a nasty mouth and your mama going to tear your butt up when you get home. Yeah, if they didn't do something about it. Exactly, exactly. And that was the education that we got. Okay, yeah, we strayed a bit and we test drive a few things, but by and large, you came back to your education. Mm-hmm. Yeah, speaking on that education, I remember... When I first got my license, and I was trained vigorously in driving uh, education, and um, I got pulled over by the cop for a yellow light, which I guess was like baseball. It could have been called either way, right? You know? And uh, I wanted to test the law. I really did. So I was like, "No." Nah. Me and the officer sat there and had a good conversation too. That was the beautiful part about it because I understood what the police was. So when he got like, no, nah, man, nah, I don't think so. Officer, he's like, yeah, you ran it, man. You're getting a ticket. It's another. You don't believe it. You can fight it in court. I'm 
I was like, okay, now you're talking. I said, okay. So I go to court and I found out a valuable lesson. <laughs> the, the judge had me and the officer in the courtroom and he said, he listened to both our stories. I'm like, yeah, I got this because he his story and my story. Okay, they ain't got no camera, they ain't got nothing. They, uh, okay, now this if this is a due process, then you gotta throw this out because they're gonna believe me and him. The um, because the chief came too. And the chief said, and the judge agreed, they said, we believe our officer. He is trained to know these things, and we believe our officer. I said, wait, wait a minute, y'all ain't got no camera, no nothing. You're going to just take his word for it? Because in school, you couldn't take nothing. You know, we were equals as peers, but in this courtroom, it was the law versus me, you know? And the cop was an interpreter of the law and an officer to um, push these laws. And it, when I learned it that day, I was like, oh man, this is, this." I was like, I ain't got a fair shake in there like that. I need a lawyer. I need, I need a lawyer or something because this is one-on-one with the law. I don't have the capacity nor the mental state to, to deal with what they just laid on me. And I walked out of there with a hundred and some dollar ticket and I paid that ticket with honor. Because I understood I had just been educated. You know, you were education. Yeah, I did. You bought your hundred seventy-seven dollar education, and that and see that was the hard way. You got educated the hard way. Now, yeah. had you known what you did, had you known what you should have known when you walked in that courtroom. It would have been a whole nother situation. Because yeah. you understood the language, the letter of the law, the language. Mm-hmm. We don't know the language when we go in there. They begin to communicate in the language in which uh, the bar said it was okay for them to talk. We stand there, and we don't understand the language. Yeah, it was not a peer against peer. Um, What I was able to grab from that, I was like, okay, I was just treated like my teacher saw me do something on the playground, and she reported me to the office. And the office believed her. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. So I I understood what was going on right there. I, I, I had gained something right there. And I said, okay, there's another way to do this, you know, right. and then I also understood that I'm not going to always be treated fair. Justice right. is not going to always be served. And I had to understand that as, as, as growing <laughs> into adult. And most of the times I have to create my own peace and my own justice in a civil kind of way, you exactly. know? So I, if I, I have to accept that I've lost, even right. if I think I'm right, if I lost, I, I got to accept that I lost. And there are things that I could do after that, but I got to accept that. You know, you lost that battle. You ain't going to win all battles. Right. But, you know, if I, I, I could have pushed it a little further if um, if um, I wanted to. I, there, was a, there was a chain of command. I could have fought it further from that court sentence and sent it for review, which I would have lost, you know. So, right. Yeah, you know, uh, you I could have. You could have paid a higher amount for the lesson above that. Yeah, court fees and costs and all that. Right. Yeah, you ain't joking. You know, if I wanted to learn, you know, understand what goes on after that level. But they put it to me plain as day. 
this officer is not your peer. He's an authority. Right. He's an authority figure. And if you don't understand that, then you got another thing coming. You know, just because your parent is an authority figure don't mean that that parent is going to do justice all the time. It just, right. just you, ain't, you ain't always be justice. And before we close out on this, but there's something you'd like to add on to it before I close out on the police? No, I'm good. I'm good. Okay, well, in... I everybody that's listening, for listening, and uh, we're going to have a phone system set up sometime real soon so we can take call in. Show you right, show you right, show you right. And to close out on that, um, there is a conflict with the African Americans and the police. I think that we have gotten better. It has gotten better over time. These levels, more is needed. But I think that the Derek Chauvin trial boosted us up another level when it comes to relations with the police. And one other thing is that if we didn't have the police, it'll be total anarchy out here. You'd right. have to have cement walls, right. metal windows, you know, because they coming in and getting that. You know, without the law, wow, where would we really be? So it's clear that we need the law. Right. You know, it's just a way that the law has to be interpreted and the way that the law has to be um, done. Yeah, enforced, yeah. And we're going to shed some light on a corporation. This, Jeff, this corporation is run by a man named Howdy Holmes. And he, his brand is Jiffy Cornbread Mix. And I was very um, intrigued by this because this man does not advertise. The first is what it doesn't do. It doesn't advertise. And... The reason we don't do coupons or inserts or advertise or celebrities or billboards is that there's a cost associated with that home set. And that cost is put into the product and passed on to the end user. We as consumers pay for the opportunity to be influenced. By passing on promotion, Jiffy's cost undercuts its competitor's home set. And our quality is good, but our price is significantly better. So when you put it together, you get value, and people love value. The business also is vertically integrated. We print our own boxes, we store our own wheat, we mill our own flour, our packaging, we do ourselves. That way we can affect quality and cost better. We produce a great, repeatable product in a size where you don't waste anything. When it comes to balancing business and family, Holmes advocates having the tough conversations about succession, governance, and personal issues. And remembering, you don't make family decisions with your head, and you don't make business decisions with your heart. So if you can't figure out the difference and one is commanding control in the wrong environment, you've got a problem. And I say to that, I say, you know, he said that for one box of Jiffy Cornbread, it costs about 50 cents and you get about six muffins. He said, hey, that is a value in today's time that takes you back to the 1920s. He said, $50, 50 cents for six muffins. I never thought about it like that, you know, and you have to add a little water and a little baking time. a little. So you might put about another 25 cents of work into that with your water and your time maybe. And 75 cents for six muffins. Wow, where can you get a muffin for 75 cents, let alone six? But I, th I thought that was a very great value. And 
tell you a little bit more about it. He said, so while the plan was to graduate from Eastern Michigan University with a business degree, Holmes left his senior year, ordered a set of tools from a catalog, and built his first Formula Ford racing car. He went on to drive in six Indy 500 races in the 1970s and 80s, start a marketing business, write a book, and became a commentator for ESPN. The plan always was to return to Chelsea Milling, which he did in the late 1980s. I loved it. It was my grandfather and great grandfather, but I could I could have never achieved the turnaround necessary at Chelsea Millen if I hadn't gone away and learned all these things, he said. When he came back working for his father, he was scared to death for the business, he said. What I saw when I came back full time was a great business with the very loyal employees, but absolutely no movement forward in the area of facilities, systems, or people. And it scared me, Holmes said. And it's really awkward because the guy in charge is my father, and I could see there would be a point we would have to go toe-to-toe. And I was not looking forward to that. Going toe-to-toe with my beloved, highly respected father was because of the work he put into it, though. And I wasn't going to let it fail because they couldn't see what needed to be done. He worked through some difficult family dynamics, though modernizing elements including accounting, computers, and training. He was named CEO in 1995. Howdy Holmes runs a company with an estimated 65% market share in his category. The Wall Street Journal calls his brand Retro Hip. He opposes offering coupons or advertisements for his product. And he says his family business is stronger for not being afraid to talk about the tough stuff. Holmes, CEO of Michigan-based Chelsea Milling Company, is the maker of Jiffy Mix and its 19 varieties of muffin, cake, and biscuit mix. Known for its iconic blue and white boxes, the entire operation invokes a simpler time even as it involves to meet future customer demands. As a leader, I want to be able to provide and meet the needs of the people that I serve, said Holmes. A former race car driver, Holmes returned to his family business in 87 to help lead it into the future as he honors the foundation on which it was built. The biggest reason we're in business is to provide a service, and that service is to provide the highest quality ingredients at the best price, he said. That's value to what we call working American class. A single father 87 years ago was likely to feel alien in the kitchen. Mabel Holmes realized as much back in the 1930s when her twin son asked if a friend could come over for lunch. Mabel was reluctant to ask the boy's father to pack a lunch for him, but agreed to the invitation. When the boy arrived, she looked at his lunch and compared the biscuit inside to a hockey puck. Impressed, nonetheless, that the father had attempted to bake, inspiration struck. My grandma invented the first mixed product ever in April of 1930 called Jiffy Bacon Mix, Holmes said. Taunted as so easy even a man could bake biscuits with it and named because they would be ready in a jiffy. The brand went on to define its category. Customers embraced the convenience and low price of the product, and Jiffy became an international name. Holmes estimates Jiffy has about a 65% share in the prepared muffin mix market and a 90% share in corn muffins, its most popular product. Sustaining the presence and modernizing the business are a continual challenge, though, but it's one that Holmes likely was born to tackle. At 16, Holmes was a self-described grunt in the Chelsea Miller operation. I cleaned out wheat silos and inside of wheat flour tanks hanging with a rope on the bottom. 
and I spit flower balls for the next two weeks, he describes. I did all the stuff nobody wanted to do. This man was something. At age 10, he watched the Indy 500 and a dream was born. This gentleman, this company has been a staple in our country for some time and I just had to give some type of recognition to that. And I want to give a thumbs up to this man's business and his model, you know, about how he appreciates his his loyal custom, his loyal employees and how he works vigorously to keep the price low for his product. And I just after I watched the commercial and read this interview, you know, I remember, I mean, first thing that came to my mind was he don't spend no money on advertisement. Wow, how do you how do you do that? And I've never seen a commercial with about Jiffy Cornbread mixing. How do you do that? That is not normal. That is innovation in its finest hour. And that closes our second segment. And we'll be right back. <laughs> 